Welcome to Christian Warrior Talk, proudly presented by Christian Warrior Mission. Hosted by former Navy SEAL, SWAT officer, and atheist, now a warrior for Jesus Christ, Pastor Jason Perry. This is more than just a podcast. It's a spiritual vanguard where we intentionally set aside the hustle of our daily lives to come together. We gather to study the Bible, share in heartfelt prayer, and engage in meaningful discussions about all things Christian, homesteading, prepping, and self-defense. Lock shields with us, and together, we will hold the line. And now, let's meet your host, Pastor Jason Perry. You are listening to Patriot Crusader Mission, where Christian warriors are forged. Sponsored by Patriot Crusader Mission Patreon page. Join us and become the Christian warrior you are called to be. In this episode, retired Navy SEAL Jason Perry and special guest Calvary Chapel Bangor pastor Ken Graves talk about what is Patriot Crusader Mission, reaction to the late release of the body camera footage casting doubt on the George Floyd case, the war on police, and Ken's reaction to the Chosen series. Welcome everyone to the first Patriot Crusader Mission podcast. Our series with Ken was doing so well, it really lit a fire under me and we've done some massive shifts. So let me explain where we came from. We started as a company as Trident Shield, and we were an active shooter, workplace violence company. And then I really had it on my heart, you know, years and years ago to do something for individuals. But those do not mesh well. Business is one market, and, you know, individuals and families is another. And marketing to both of those and keeping those identities separate was pretty important. And, you know, I was a little afraid of wearing my faith on my sleeve to my everlasting shame. Uh, just because a lot of our clients were very left-leaning, as you can imagine. So <clears throat> we created Trident Shield Tactical, and I didn't feel like that went far enough. And then after having Ken on the set a few times, it really lit a fire in my heart, and I decided we got rid of Trident Shield Tactical, and we are now two separate entities. We are Trident Shield, which is our, you know, for organizations – and Patriot Crusader Mission, which is for individuals, particularly for Christian um, individuals who have that protector identity in them, that that calling to go and protect the flock. And that's all about what this Patriot Crusader Mission podcast is. So the type of content we're going to have, we're hopefully going to keep getting Ken in here for a, um, a weekly, um, you know, Q&A or us just going off on, you know, specific topics that I think that you guys want to hear. Then we're going to have um, our, you know, firearms instructional videos, our, you know, our combatives instructional videos, as well as some other types of content, you know, um, a lot of biblically based stuff, a Bible reading stuff that'll be on our Patreon channel, um, as well as support groups. You know, I really want to get a small group going of guys and then we'll cap it at a certain point once it gets too big. But I really feel like particularly, you know, who I want to get in here. I want to get two types of people in here. All right. One, I want to get most and foremost to my heart is I want to get veterans out there who and first responders. All right. So cops, firemen, EMS personnel who are getting beat up really bad right now, particularly police and who are having a hard time finding um, a Christian brotherhood that embraces their warrior identity, you know. Um, the second group I want to get in here is, you know, the dad or even the mom, single mom, who has is having to fill that role by themselves as protector and wants to get off on the right track and kind of serve as an on-ramp for them to start living this protector lifestyle and to do it biblically sound. You know, you're not going out there and you're not... We're not going to be preaching hate. We're not going to do that. But we are going to preach vigilance. Yeah. Right? So today's what I wanted to talk about uh, with Ken is the importance of, you know, ministering to the warriors of our society. I feel like, you know, society, particularly now, they ride us hard. They put us away wet. 
you know, and then, you know, break in case of need of war, and then we don't want to, we don't need you, and we don't want to think about you. We just want to forget that we ever had you. Yep. And that's what we have coming off the longest war in our history. Yep. Right? We have a bunch of vets out there. We're losing 22 a day to suicide. Cop suicides are at an all-time high. Um, and, you know, we have to speak to them. Now, there's a lot of organizations out there, and Mighty Oaks is one of them uh, with Chad Robichaud. I've done an interview, which I'll um, put in the comments here with him, where we talk about a lot of this stuff, that service for um, first responders and veterans, um, as well as um, there's, there's many, many others out there. Um, Operation Restore Warrior is another one. I'm actually alumni from that. And so, you know, I wanted to do something that touches on that, but that's not really our gig here. I want to help you, and what I'm hoping Ken, with his vast knowledge, and, you know, he's such a spiritual warfare general, um, you know, I wanted to get him in here, and I wanted to help you guys in your walk with Christ, right? Like, everyone wants to focus on the kinetic, and we've talked about in previous podcasts how the kinetic is one part of this, but then... There's the spiritual aspect of this that we really need to get right, right? Yeah. Because that's the foundation for everything. Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping to do with Ken here today. So Ken, welcome to the uh, you know the maiden voyage of the uh, Patriot Crusader Mission podcast, and this is all you know thanks to you. So thanks for being here. Honored, honored right. to have the opportunity. So I know you know we have talked particularly in the past how you know you have gone after the most broken. Right, you know, the drug addicts and yep. people dealing with addictions. And I know that ministering to warriors is on your heart. Yeah. And that's, you know, kind of what I was hoping this could be as a maybe a beginning outlet for you, for you to kind of start working on that. You know, I know you've been working on that with me, but I was really hoping that, you know, your guest appearances on it would be a good place for you to feel com- get comfortable with that. I, and- I am grateful for the, for the platform that you're providing. Because I, I do very much care about our warriors. Over the years, I've spoken at a, spoken at a number of law enforcement conferences and those kind of things. And certainly, as a pastor, you know, I've had personal ministry to the warriors in our, in our church under my care. Uh, you know, a lot of late nights, ride-alongs, uh, wrestling with, with bad guys. My heart has always been for those guys and with them. And, uh, you know, personal testimony. I... Very much, you know, as you can imagine, me as a young man, I wanted, I wanted action. I wanted to be involved in the fight between good and evil on the physical carnal level. I right. wanted to serve in the military too much. Right. And, and for me, my story, as I sought the Lord as a young man in fasting and prayer, he said no. He called me. <laughs> he called me to this truth versus deception fight, and I wanted I wanted hands on. Yep. And in in my case, it was a matter of dying to myself to just go uh, pick up a tool and you know start slaying trees in order to pay the bills to be here to teach the Bible. Right. So, so you know, God called me to to this spiritual fight. When I was nipping at the bit, is, you know, really, it is, it is a good thing. It, I'm sure, that, you know, God, who, of course, knows all things. Well, and, and I think that's really important. I, I know you have the heart of a warrior, and I know that it's really important. And you are engaged in the fight. You are fighting for the souls of people every day. You know, you are in there with the, the, the most vulnerable of souls, right? Those are the people who have addictions who have, you know, bought into the lie of the enemy over and over again on who they are. And you are trying to help impart that identity on them that, you know, we've talked about in previous podcasts of what a father does for a son. Right. And I really think that, you know, in the veteran community and the first responder community, there's a lot of pastors out there who do not have that calling that you felt, you know, that, Hey, if I get kinetic, I'm going to go really kinetic and it might be a bad thing. Right. And I I really feel like they get out of the military. They lose that brotherhood. They're all of a sudden they were used to being around people. They could support each other. Now they're in Idaho in the middle of nowhere or Oklahoma on a farm. And they don't know what to do with that stuff. And they go into a church and the church, you know, right now, as we know, you know, modern churchianity and the mega church or even the 
Rainbow Church, whatever you want to call them now, you know, yeah. um, they're not getting the truth that they need, and they're getting their masculinity beat out of them. Yes, there's a war against manhood, and it has certainly infiltrated the evangelical church. It is wicked. It, manhood, masculinity, femininity, this is God's design. And it was also God who divided those two. Genesis chapter 2 records for us that God creates man by bringing, in, in, in the genius of God, two realms together, two substances, that is spirit and matter. As it is recorded for us in Genesis 2 verse 7, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The dust of the earth, matter, and spirit, the very breath of God, ruach in Hebrew, brings them together and a third component comes to exist and that is man's consciousness. So spirit, soul, and body. We are spirit, we are spiritual, and we are material. We're the only thing that's like that. Angels are spirit, animals are material, we, humans, are the only thing that is sort of uh, amphibious, as C.S. Lewis would say. Yeah. We're at home in both of those realms. Our consciousness, our mind, will be very much dominated by one side or the other. The inversion that happens to humanity in Genesis chapter 3 is a result of sin. As we become uh, a soul completely consumed with the material side of us. And, and, uh, but also in Genesis chapter 2 is the division that took place. What God did to create Adam, he formed man of the dust of the ground, breathing into his nostrils the breath of life. God did not repeat that in order to create Eve. Why? Because she was already there. She was already present. God made that first man in his own image, in his own likeness. And in Adam's original state is everything that we understand as masculine, everything we understand as feminine, all in one guy, one person created in the image of God, God puts him into a deep sleep. Genesis says, the Lord God took a rib, our English Bible. The Lord God took a rib from the man, and he made woman, and closed up the flesh instead thereof. But that statement, and then Adam wakes and from his deep sleep. God makes a presentation to him, and Adam says, she shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. I believe Adam woke up very conscious that he was altered by what happened to him in his sleep, that he woke up knowing that he was different, that he'd been changed in, in a way. And, and he's not thinking, am I missing some material? Am I missing a bone? There's a whole lot more missing. Everything that on earth we understand as being genuinely feminine, everything that we would associate with mother, was taken out of Adam and made into another complete person which was presented to him that he could become one with. God made one into two so that those two could become one. Which, by the way, cannot happen with two men and it cannot happen with two women. Right. Never can, never will. <laughs> the design of God is what it is. And these two genders are complementary. Now the point of, of bringing all of that up is, is when Adam woke from that deep sleep. So... so the only way to say this is the perfect representation of God, according to the scriptures, the Son of God, is not made in the image of God, like Adam was. He is the image of the invisible God. Everything you want to know about God, you see in the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is both the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, and he is the Lion of Judah. He's Lamb and lion in this in this this brilliant uh, package and and in two advents he comes the first time suffering servant he comes in meekness he rides into Jerusalem on the colt of a donkey he will come again not on the colt of a donkey he will come in judgment and wrath and there's all kinds of prophecy about him coming again covered in blood again only next time it's not his blood right it's the blood of his enemies and uh, spatter completely clothed in it and that's in the book you know isaiah chapter 60 61 these prophecies from the old testament about messiah anyway so the reason i mention it back to adam he wakes up out of this deep sleep a warrior he's he's way edgier he's not yeah. the same it, it, this lion and lamb reality that he's a lot less lamb-like that was taken and made into another person is a whole lot more lion 
Biblically speaking, manhood is associated with um, strength and courage, strength of character, clarity and courage. When the Bible says, when God says, for example, to Job, in Job chapter 38, when God says, stand up like a man, gird up your loins like a man, I've got some questions for you. When God says, like a man, God means something. Yep. When God says, like a man, he has something in mind. You've got warriors in the scripture like Joab, David's general, saying to his brother Abishai, let's play the man today. He's talking to somebody who was once his little brother, and they were boys. They were less than men. Mm-hmm. And remember back when we were boys and we played man? Yep. This is that day. And he's like, that day has come. Let's play the man. Oh, when the apostle Paul um, writes to a, a confused and largely femmed out church in the wicked city of Corinth, mm-hmm. he ends his letter uh, by saying, um, King James Version, quit ye like men. We, might, we would say, act like men. Be strong. Right. That's in the scripture. So biblical manhood is associated with a strength, a character, and courage. Biblical womanhood, and, I, and I, uh, it is associated biblically with a beautiful kind of weakness, a beautiful, easily brokenness, a delicateness. Well, like the apostle Peter, a married man, Peter, he says, he says, husbands, you've got to live together with your wife according to knowledge. Giving honor unto the wife is unto the weaker vessel, weaker vessel. A, a delicate vessel, an easily broken vessel, not like the hardier vessel, which you you don't you know you take a pewter mug, right. and collide it with a champagne glass, lead crystal is going to shatter. Now it is not inferior to the pewter nope. beer mug, but it's not for colliding. It's, it's delicate. different, and so it is. Somebody, I, I mentioned all that gender thing to point out that God is the one who did it. That God is revealing some things about himself by isolating attributes of his God, our Father, um, and in taking the man he made in his image and then dividing him into two genders so that, in, in a very real sense, in order for the image of God to be restored, it takes a man and a woman becoming one, complementing each other, completing each other, and it's in that that we have the best idea of what God the Father is like. If a father, earthly father and an earthly mother can come together, become actually one, they make a presentation to their children together right. that they cannot make individually. But also, it is from there that I would launch into uh, Exodus like 15.3, Yahweh is, King James Version, the Lord is a man of war. Yahweh is his name. The God is a man of war. Where do we get this, this from? Where did Adam get it from? Right. He got it from the God whose image he bears, that he is zealous, he is a warrior, that God is, that God who is love, now think about this for a second, modern insanity thinks all love is good, all hate is bad. Right. It's, it's how dumb people have come. Love good, hate bad. No, hate is not bad. Hate is not wrong. Love and hate go together. If you love anything, you will hate whatever threatens the object of your love. If you love your child, you will hate the viper approaching. Right. Or the constrictor that wants to be in the cradle with your little one. Right. You would hate. And God loves and God hates. God who is love, according to the Apostle John, if, he, if you love, you hate. You hate whatever threatens the object of your love. And that God himself has made us in this way. I maintain that the very God who created us designed it so that every single little boy would come into this world innately aware of a conflict in the universe between good and evil. Yep. Innately aware that there's good versus evil and he wants to be in it and he wants to affect it. He wants to be in the conflict. Every little boy has soldier dreams. Yeah, and and starting in, in the '60s, that's been beaten out of us, right? As a society in America, right. at least, and in Europe, way before then, I would they, say. No, at the same time, they want their useful slaves. Yep. All of the all of the elitists, all of the leftists who want to defund the police, all want their own personal security. Yep. The, yep. So essentially, they want security for them. 
and it's not needed for anyone else. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's so the self-centeredness of leftism. <laughs> they are so continual, endless double standard. Yep. They have They're a walking contradiction. Constant walking contradiction. contradiction. Yep. So, you know, warriors, you know, whether they be law enforcement or they be uh, first responders and military, they are aware of that deep love that you're talking about, right? Because there's no greater love than a man lay down his life for his brother, right? Right. Um, And they sign up to do that every day, all day for strangers. That's right. Even the strangers who hate them, Mm -hmm. right? And coming from my experience, when I was a SEAL, everyone loved, you know, I felt like my community, my country, everyone loved me. It was cool to like SEALs, Yeah. right? So I could come in, and if I was in a bar and someone find out, they'd buy me a drink or whatever, and that was all great. When I got on the other side of the coin, when I became a law enforcement officer, I started experiencing that discrimination, that hate mm-hmm. of, of, of me for, for just being my profession, yep. even though that I'm the one they call out to when they need help. Right. Um, and it takes its toll, brother. I can imagine. It takes its toll. But, but you know, this is the consequence of a culture moving away from agreement with God, moving away from the revelation of Scripture, which reveals evil is real. It does exist, and we're all plagued by it. And it reveals that there is a need to continually deal with evil. There's a need for the law enforcer. Abandoning that thought, um, the secularists now, the godless, believe everybody's good. Right. So there's no need. So they see the law enforcer as the oppressor, not the criminal. They don't see the oppression of crime that the law enforcer is there to free people from. Right. You know, the most, you know, blatant case of this uh, massive hatred, snap to judgment, blame law enforcement, is the George Floyd incident, which I don't know if you've seen the new footage that came out. No, yeah, I have. It's pretty damning. It is. Right? And we all, every one of us who were cops knew that was coming. Yeah. Right? And it's disgraceful that it was held off as long as it was, and it was to serve a narrative. It w- and it was held off by the Attorney General. By the, by the Democrat, liberal Attorney exactly. General, because they knew, he knew society would not get as angry if they saw this guy exactly. whacked out of his mind, exactly. fighting, saying that he was going to die before they even touched him. Already announcing he couldn't breathe before yeah. there was anybody on his neck. Everyone I've ever arrested says right. they can't breathe. Right. Right, because getting having your hands put in handcuffs, particularly if you're a bigger guy yeah. or you're lying down the ground, you, you're grappling. Right. It's uncomfortable to have someone on top of you. It restricts right. your airway, uh, your your chest from expanding. So, again, you know, but he started saying that. He started panicking. He was acting out of his mind. And, you know, I'm not saying that the officer who arrested him didn't make mistakes, but no. if, it was, if it was anything, it was manslaughter. Right. I don't believe he got up that morning and said, I'm going to kill George I, Floyd I'm, or I'm going to kill somebody. I, I'm afraid that what you're looking at is... And you have to have calluses. You're going to develop calluses on your heart yeah. in law enforcement. Or you'll, you'll have a broken heart. To be or dead. you won't be able to do your job. You can't function. If you, you have to assume everyone's lying to you yeah. and that everyone's going to try to kill you. Yes. And then you have to, but you can't wear that here. Right. You can't wear that projected forward. So when I, one of the lessons that we teach is you know, when you're doing a traffic stop, Smile at everyone, be polite, have a plan to kill everyone because the chances are that in a second that could happen In a to you. split second. So you you know, and, and you can tell from the footage, that there's a callus on the heart, a, yeah. one, a dangerous one, right. who makes that particular law enforcement uh, officer whose knee is on the neck, staring right at the camera, completely stoic, right, completely unaffected. I understand how you get that when you got to get that way, but it you, you can go too far. And to, to where you have no more compassion. Right. So there's a definite combination of things coming together. Right. Especially the panic of fentanyl. Right. The irrationality and the, the racing heart. All of the things that were going on with that poor guy physiologically from the poison in his system. Four times the amount needed to kill someone. Oh my. Yeah, you, so I, I would not be surprised if there are competing autopsies yeah. That come out and say that the fentanyl killed him and he right. died from respiratory arrest, which is common. Right. That's how you die from fentanyl. Exactly. And, you know, maybe exacerbated by the positioning of the officer. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so um, it's going to be very interesting to see if they can tell that. I'm not, you know, that's, you know, not my specialty. But I can see how his defense attorney, if he's worth anything, yeah. is going to be able to say, listen, I can already prove right here, this is reasonable doubt. 
Very, Four times but, the amount. But you know, as you already said, that footage was withheld because the Attorney General knows yeah. that, that there's another whole side of the story, yeah. a whole lot more information. Why doesn't everyone in America know that George Floyd was a violent felon who held a loaded gun to a pregnant woman's belly while he robbed her? Right. Like, that should have been the first sentence out of there. Right? That sets the context of who was there and what was happening, right? This isn't, you know, and then the thing that kills me is they turned him into, you know, St. Peter. Right. You know, well, let's have an open viewing of his coffin and march all the elite of society by this drug addict, violent felon who is responsible for his own death because if he didn't go in there and pass a bill, if he didn't ever take the drugs, if he didn't, like, he made a lot of bad decisions to make that happen. And that cop's calloused heart. May have stumbled into something yeah, that that he, he definitely did. He should have been more empathic. Yep. He should have, you know, or empathetic, mm-hmm. and should have been, you know. But again, I can't tell you how many every arrest. Not every ninety five percent of my arrests, everyone complains about not being able because they don't like right. being restrained. Right. Everybody right? in every single. So day. this was the one out of a million where that happened. Now the thing that kills me is a year or so earlier. In Texas, a guy who called the police on himself because he didn't take his meds. He was a schizophrenic, and he's a white guy. And those guys were total jerks to him. They're laughing at him. He ended up dying. He ended up asphyxiating. He wasn't on fentanyl. I mean, he, he was on something. And you know, they were laughing at him, and they were doing whatever because you know he was you know he was acting irrationally. He was mentally handicapped, right? And he ended up dying. Not a word. Not a freaking word. Right. And that's a guy who didn't go try and commit a felony by passing false currency, who didn't do all that stuff, who called for help. There was no place for that. You're right. Right? And nothing. But here, because it fit the Democrats' narrative on, hey, we need this is an election year. We need to stake racial, stoke racial hatreds. Exactly. And make Donald Trump, because we know he's a law and order, whatever. If we can slander him with the police. You know, Trump is an instinctive protector, he will come out and rally to the police, which they tried to beat him up with. Mm -hmm. And I am proud for him for standing strong. You know, like, he's always Charlottesville. He gets beat up with Charlottesville all the time because there were good people in Charlottesville. I am not for Confederate statues. I'm a northern guy. And to me, you only have one flag. You don't have the southern flag and the northern flag. You have one flag that's the United States of America. Any other one of that is a divisive thing. And when, particularly when they rebel on their traitors, mm-hmm. right? So when you lose a war, you take your statues, you take your flag, and it's done. The people who won get to keep it. And unfortunately, in a division to, to, or in an effort to heal our, you know, our union, mm-hmm. they gave concessions that would come back and haunt us to this day. You know, I think in an effort to say there was bravery on all sides because they were brothers. They were whatever. They were our own people. And trying to to allow that, they really, you know, gave us a lot of garbage that we're dealing with now. It's true. But I, rec- I respect family members coming down and saying, hey, my father was on, you know, or my great-great-grandfather is this man. I want to stand. I, I don't want to see him defaced. He was an honorable man. He was caught up in the times or whatever. And I, I understand. And that's all Trump was saying. And he was basically saying, you know what? You had BLM and you had Black Panthers. And you had even Tifa there too. Right. And the Democrats refuse to admit they even exist. Right. So Trump, you know, gets beat up with that. And I don't, I don't buy into that. I love Candace Owens articulation of that defense is really, really you yeah. know, well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyways, my, my thing is, you know, society has declared war. There's nothing easier than kicking a cop right now. Mm-hmm. And um, and I've seen SEALs do it. And I've seen SEALs of color do it, who they buy into this victimology uh, mindset of, hey, you know, um, it's harder, whatever, but, you know, a, a whole bunch of things that I never thought I would ever hear in my life. Right? I never thought... I would see, you know, see a warrior playing the victim card, and it's just, it's just really disheartening. So, what I want to do with this, and what my overall goal in, in talking about this war on masculinity, the war, you know, the beating out of all things that make us male, is to show biblically that that is celebrated, mm-hmm. right? To show that our Father in Heaven loves us for it and created us this way. Indeed. To serve a role, right? You know, and and as we know, there's a time for everything, right? 
And right now, I believe we're we're on the the precipice. You know, we're we're balancing on a on the edge of a cliff right now of falling into our country never being the same ever again. Whether it's violence or you know high scale violence, low scale or high intensity, low intensity violence. And we're gonna need we're gonna need warriors, and we and we're gonna need each and every one of them. When I think that twenty two a day kill themselves and end it because you know, they just want the pain to stop or the emptiness or the regretting decisions that they make. Yeah. And that's that's something else we got to admit. There's so much things we have to talk about, Ken. When you're overseas, every decision you make is not microed down to the hundredth of a second by an attorney. No. It's war. Yeah. Bad things happen in war. There are collateral damages. <clears throat> yeah. Cops are dealing with that at home with frame-by-frame frame dissection of their decisions. Yeah. And in a courtroom where you can debate something over years yeah. that happened in two-tenths of a second, pulling of a trigger, right? And we really need to get away with that, and I think we really need to start dissecting. And the other thing I want to talk about is patience. In this social media era, Ken, I feel like when an event happens, some stuff's caught on camera, and the whole world wants justice instantly. Right. And we need to slow down and let the system work. It is... Christian Warrior Talk is sponsored by Trident Shield, your trusted ally in violence preparedness. Trident Shield safeguards your loved ones with expert training and consulting. Trident Shield, defending faith through preparedness because together we save lives. Written in Proverbs chapter 18, the first one to come with their story or their mm-hmm. cause seems right till you hear the other side. Right. And also it is written in Proverbs, Solomon says, anyone who judges a matter before hearing it, it's foolishness to them. Right. And so that's the problem, is what people call the rush to judgment. Well, that's the reason why we have due process. Because we once understood, we once understood, culturally, that lynch mobs happen when people don't follow due process and all of the evidence and, and, and uh, representation and rules are are followed. Without that, you have no real justice. You instead have all kinds of emotion taking action. And people hauled out of jails and hung instead of going through a trial in order to really settle the guilt and have it be decided with due process. It is uh, the foolishness of an entire culture. In other words, an entire Culture is now guilty of the foolishness of judging things before they hear it. And we judge it based on a soundbite yeah, or a uh, video clip. And I would say it's, you know, when you say culture, I'd say that's a global culture now. Yeah. You know, there uh, is no more patience. There is no more, you know, we, we want everything instantly now. You know, we've gotten so addicted to everything being instant. Even uh, the most consequential things, yeah. justice, are being rushed and they cannot be. You know what? You nailed something right there. And why? Because of emotion. People don't act anymore based on what they know. And I've ranted about this. And yeah. Forgive me. I'm going to pick on one aspect sure. of your. Um, it's uh, been changed. Your vocabulary. Okay. You say, "I feel like I feel like I feel like that." that <laughs> that's what everyone says now. Yeah. Everybody says that, and I'm trying to burn it up. Let me tell you where it started. <laughs> it started in education. Started in education where nobody, there's no such thing as truth. You can't stand on something and say, this is true. All you can say is, well, I feel like, oh, this is my truth. Then it doesn't or, matter. To me, you know, and so they have trained everyone everywhere to just say, well, I feel like, I feel like. And that's the <laughs> only thing that is authoritative. Honestly, that's like right. the only thing that is um, that can speak sort of ex cathedra is what we feel. So the entire world around us is merely reacting in obedience to emotion generated instead of thinking. You think about this, how few people in modern vernacular will ever say, well, I think, I think. No, instead everybody says, I feel like. In fact, you, you, can, you can ask somebody a question. Uh, males, this isn't particularly... Troubling when you hear from a male. You ask him a question. Even something like, hey, has anybody seen my uh, anybody seen my keys? And the guy will go, um, I feel like they're on the, on the kitchen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's not you. 
But I'm, you know, you know come on, man, I'm not that bad. No, you know the time. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I was in. Where was I? I was in uh, Seattle waiting for. I was gonna go to. I had to speak at something. I I go into a sandwich place. I'm looking at the board. I look at the description of the sandwich, and I see the word arugula. I can't remember what arugula <laughs> is. So I asked this girl in front of me, Seattle. I go, excuse me, young lady. What is arugula? I can't remember. <laughs> and I'm not kidding you. She goes, I feel like um, you either love it or hate it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait. Did, I'm just asking for a fact. Yeah, what, what is it? Can you give me a description? It? I didn't ask for your feelings. I didn't say all that. I yeah. just, all I could do was stand there and laugh and then go, but what is, is it? it? Yeah. Is oh, it cheese? Or is it a, you know, is it meat or is, is it, it a leaf? I couldn't remember. It's a leaf. Turns out it's just leaves. <laughs> but it's uh it, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's yeah. like I feel like I feel like um you and so I have been I you hear guys everywhere. They're like, um, I feel like that's true. Oh, you feel like it's true. You don't actually know. Can you know something? Is anything knowable anymore? I feel like um we need to be careful. I feel I hear guys like I, I feel like I feel like you're mocking me right now. No, no, it's not a feeling. It's a reality. I am mocking you. If you're like, I feel like, if you're the, I feel like guy, I am mocking you. It's not a feeling. It's a reality. It's actually happening. But worldwide, in the abandoning of truth, the concept, there is such a thing as truth, that there is reality, then what is left is just um, how I perceive it, uh, my truth, that may not be my truth. That may be your truth. No, there's such a thing as absolute truth. This is the war we're in, Jay. This is truth versus deception war. And Satan manipulates people's thinking by first attacking their feelings. I'm telling you, this happened in Eden before it happened anywhere else with our mother Eve, with Satan approaching through the serpent saying, Hath God truly said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And he, he suggests in conversation what ultimately generates in her a distrust of God and that she takes action on and then has to admit to her shame she was deceived that she had believed some junk about God. Satan's statement, you shall not surely die for God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. In other words, he's trying to keep you down. He's insecure. He doesn't like competition. He doesn't want you to evolve and to, you know, to do yeah. your big leap in evolution. And uh, he, he, this is from Lucifer, who says, I will ascend, I will evolve. No, you won't. You'll be thrown down. Yeah. There's no ascending. The statement, I will be like the most high. No, there's only one most high. And nobody can be like the most high. But, he, you know, that, that what did our mother Eve act on? A feeling of distrust. There were no facts behind this. There right. was no evidence given. Our mother Eve made a decision that has affected all of us. Because of how she felt. She felt like, I, I feel like I can't trust him. I feel like I, I just really, she, it is written. When the woman saw, Genesis 3, 6, when the woman saw the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat, gave to her husband there with her, and he did eat, and the eyes of them both were opened. She acted on what she felt. The whole world is doing it. And, and, and listen, especially with the video age, and as you have rightly said, worldwide communications at the speed of light showing us images. We are deceived by what we see. And it's not a complete picture. Is We're talking about an incomplete picture. We have the, the picture of those few moments where that guy is looking calloused at a camera with his knee on a neck that doesn't need to be there right. that long. And, and that is an incomplete picture. It is not an accurate representation of what happened. And so we're deceived by what we see. Yeah. And it generates emotion. Oh, there, there's so much to go into there. So, so first off, the speak boldly and speak plainly, mm. I think is what I hear you saying. There's and so state, much. And state facts, state yeah, truth. Speak truth. So for, you know, guys out there who reflexively are using the like thing, Give us a replacement. The what thing? The like phrase. I feel, the, sorry, the feeling. I feel. Yeah. <laughs> I would say. I believe. Here's the facts. Or if it's actually not a fact, we, we ought to be saying, you know, I have a sense. I have a sense. It seems like. It seems 
but we we need to get away from I feel like spiritually. Right. Even you love, listen to pastors and they go, I just feel like the Lord's leading us to No, no, it's not a feeling. Yeah. This is not the just shall live by faith. By faith alone. Faith is connected to facts. The faith that we are called to live is based on the fact of God's revelation. What did God say? And so I I really believe that we gotta get away from, especially as men, getting away from, well, I just feel like the Lord, I feel like and, and we're talking about the intangible stuff that's spiritual. Or, you know, we, are, we, we need to deal in facts and then speak with authority. That's, this is not, I feel like, this is what I know. Right. So the, the moment you say, I fail, you surrender all your authority. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And yeah. th that, that is the key to it. So speaking with authority yeah. is say, speaking on what you know mm -hmm. and putting yourself out there. So if, if, if you're trying to be PC or you, you're on, you're on, Unsure ground. Maybe you shouldn't say it. <laughs> Just shut up. You know what I'm saying? Unless you can speak with the authority of facts and revelation. You can go, here, this is what I know. You, you, I love those, um, I don't know if it's uh, campus reform or whoever, do yeah. these man on the street interviews, especially on college campuses. You know, do you think socialism is better than capitalism? Um, I feel like, yes. And, and you go, <laughs> <laughs> see the one where they go, all right, what about um, socialism with your GPA? You got a great point average. Oh, Why this is great when they take do that, some yeah. of the higher grade but GPA, and then they go, well, "No, no, that's not fair." Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly, they say it is no. We don't want to spread. No, I worked hard for that, and um, you know that's all feeling. But when you can actually state facts, you can say, "Yeah, but do you know?" For example, the vast majority of our black Americans are being murdered by black Americans. Do you know that the vast majority of them are being murdered by Planned Parenthood, whose founder, yep. Margaret Sanger, was a eugenicist. And absolute real racism is what compels Planned Parenthood to slaughter a disproportionately high. Their centers are located where they can target them. It was by numbers. design to keep their numbers low. Absolutely. And that's what that, that I don't understand how they can't see that. You know, and I, th I don't know if it's because that we use words like eugenist and they have no meaning to that community, you know, but basically you have a woman who is a white supremacist, well, with the, the, the most hardcore white supremacist who designed a method to keep people of color, you know, keep their numbers down by killing their unborn. Oh, she wanted to exterminate them. Yeah. She really wanted to yeah. eliminate them. She wanted to eventually right. make them... Yeah. The founder of Planned Parenthood wanted all minorities eliminated. She wanted to purify the human races. Hitler did. But you know the thing is, Jay, the, the, the video footage is available on YouTube. You just do a search engine of Margaret Sanger. People have uploaded her clips, and you'll hear her saying these things herself. But it's a matter of, you know, the history's been rewritten, and uh, so many things are just not known and they want to act like this is the humane thing, that people who are involved in these abortion clinics and this abortion industry are the truly compassionate ones. They're really caring about these poor people in these circumstances, circumstances which they, the leftists, the godless, have created. Yep. They've destroyed the black family in America. Yep. Yeah, I remember, I, again, I don't remember the, the, the statistics, but like in the 60s, marriage rate versus... Right. The marriage rate today, you know, uh, you know, kids out of wedlock, it's went from like seventy percent in the sixties, and again, these are gross mm -hmm. numbers to like in the teens. Yeah, a, a study of what happened to Black America is fascinating. When we, as whites, were at our worst, they were at their best. When the nation was at its worst racially, Black America was at its best. Its yeah. achievements, unbelievable achievements. Uh, and, um, you know, a great business community that served them. You know, whereas now, I mean, holy smokes, it's just, it's just a nightmare. No, they, they have been bought and their families have been destroyed by liberal policies that have discouraged intact families, have freed men up to just have sex, plant seeds, make babies, and the government will take care of them. Those babies need fathers. And without a father, everything breaks down. Yeah. And that's what, you know, a big part of for you men out there on being, you know, a Christian warrior is being that father, being that 
you know, the person who imparts an identity on your children. Yeah, that's right. You know, uh, we've talked about that before, and I think we should revisit that in another podcast. Again, the whole process of imparting that identity on your children and letting them know who we are. Like one of the best things I've ever heard you say, which I have totally taken from, is this is who we are. That's right. You know, son, daughter, we don't do that. That's right. We do this. This is who we are. Yeah. And this is who you are. Yeah. I remember once... My grandson, Marcos, who was living with us at the time, shot both windows out of his bedroom with a pellet gun. And then he's like, kept, kept the curtains closed. He's trying to hide it for weeks while he's hustling money from uh, his other grandfather. So that by the time I become aware of it, he's like, oh, I've got to check right here for that. <laughs> Poor kid. I, I make the discovery. And I call him, man, and this is a disciplinary conversation. And, uh, and he tell, I, I explained to me. How'd you shoot out both windows? Yeah, one I could see happening. <laughs> both? All right. First, the first one, okay. I, he had to try again the second time. And uh, when he gets all down, we're having this conversation. He walks away. He, he turns back around. He goes, Grab, I'm, I'm sorry for being stupid. Sorry for being stupid. I go, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. No, no. It's because you're not stupid that this is actually unacceptable. Not fitting. It's because you're not stupid. You're smarter than this. This is what makes this wrong. If you were actually stupid, then I would be in trouble for allowing you to have a pellet gun and windows. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're... I said, no, you're not stupid. That's why this is inappropriate. I'm calling you to act smarter. (laughs) Identity is a big deal. So, no, we don't do that. We We don't shoot our windows out. We, <laughs> we we work hard and we put windows in so we can look out them and right. keep the cool, you know, out there and the warm in here. So so this is a, is you know a self confession of mine, you know, not growing up. I mean, I had a grandfather, but he was busy and he knew how to do everything and he, he did his best, but I didn't wasn't receiving. My dad wasn't around, so I went into the SEAL teams you know, to be a, a badass. I wanted to go out there, kick butt, redeem myself because I wasn't a believer at the time. Yeah. And I, But I was a patriot. I loved my country. Yeah. Right? So that was my first identity. And thankfully, that, that was still allowed in Boston at the time, you know, growing up at the, you know, the birthplace of America, really. Mm-hmm. So I remember getting to the teams and here were guys like legends around. And I remember doing what I would do as a street punk. Everything was about conserving energy, doing when you needed it. Right. And guys would be working, and I'd be leaning against the wall. Mm-hmm. And dudes who I respect the hell would come up and be like, boof, what are you doing? Like, what are you talking about? What am I doing? It's like, we don't lean against walls here. Right. That wall stands up on its own, thanks. Right. Yes, enough. It doesn't need you holding right. it up. Find something to do. Hey man, get busy. Right? Be so, you know, we have something, you know, that we, we that is part of, like, the team guy mentality that I didn't catch on right away, which was, you know, first, do your job. Mm-hmm. If you're so good at doing your job that you're ahead of it, how the next thing you should say is, okay, I took care of me. How can I best support the guys around me? Mm-hmm. And then you're, so you always have something. to do. Always. You're always making somebody's situation better or you're helping mm-hmm. the team's situation be better. Yeah. Because there's somebody who's going to be struggling on something that day. Mm-hmm. Or they're, maybe they're injured. Or they what the millions of things that Murphy throws at you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is something that I really wish had been imparted upon me. Or I wish I had been mature enough to accept it if it was attempted to be imparted upon me. Yeah. And, it, and it, it really hamstrung me early on in my career. Because I thought it was me breaking, you know. Guys, don't call me when there's a bunch of like do busy work. Call me when it's time to go get bloody. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I'm, I'm going to work on keep getting better at that trap. Right. I don't want to build pallets, which is what we need to do, mm-hmm. or whatever. I just want to get bigger, faster, stronger, mm-hmm. tougher. And you know, and and it took a while for that to settle into me. And I'm thankful for the guys, even guys who I didn't like at the time, right? And you know, be kind of became my nemesises. I think of them often now very fondly because they were trying to impart a message that my broken, dumb self at that point couldn't process. And I'm glad the teams allowed them to not be subtle. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something that in that community uh, that I really feel like um, we got a lot right. I don't know if it's even allowed anymore. I don't know if hazing or... 
you know, or being physical with someone is even allowed. I hope it is because that is, you can, things that would take years, take minutes. <laughs> Very true. You know. I, I remember when working with drug addicts in, in even like 1980, if a guy needed to be knocked out, you, yeah. just, you just knocked him out. Right. And we'll talk when he wakes up. Right. Oh, those would have <laughs> But it, it did accelerate learning. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and I, and I think that, you know, that's that's part of the problem, you know. So in the news, the UDT SEAL Museum is a national story because last year at the dog demo, um, the guy getting chewed up by the dogs, this guy in this big suit that the dogs come and grab, and yeah. they, sh they show how cool the dogs are, right? And they show how cool the handlers are based on how many dogs they can take holding on to them to do whatever. Yeah. He was wearing a Kaepernick jersey. And so because of that, there's this big knee-jerk reaction to, you know, against the SEAL community. The SEAL, like the SEAL officers have thrown, you know, the Admiral has thrown the UDT SEAL Museum under the boat and all this stuff. And it's like, dude, I'm sorry. If you can't say a guy who doesn't kneel for a flag and in a fun way doing that and the whole time, he's like, I'll stand next time. I'll stand yeah. next time. You, 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 know? you can't have snowflakes easily melted. In the military. Yeah, you or can't. associated yeah. with the Exactly. If you if you don't have a thick skin, you don't have a freaking business being a team guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And that's one of the things that we do a really good job of weeding out. Yeah. Right? You know, meaning that in the teams, mm -hmm. if you are jacked up, it used to be, and I hope it's still this way, they would get they would take your bird from you, they'd kick you out, even yeah. though you made it through. Like you're right. you're not meeting the standard. Right. You don't fit in. You're easily offended. You're caustic to the platoon environment. Yeah. Right? You're bringing the team down because what happens? If the team doesn't succeed, it's not we didn't get the contract. Right. It's not, oh, well, we got to pull that board and put it back on again. People die. Right. The mission fails. Mm -hmm. the, war is, the war is lost. Right? And I think that is, 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 is a very real part of... Um, you know, again, part of the problem that we're all facing as society and the symptom we're trying to, uh, you know, the condition, I should say, not the symptom, the condition we're trying to relieve with what we're trying to do with Patriot Crusader mm -hmm. mission. Mm -hmm. Well, Ken, we're coming up on an hour now. Already? Yeah, already. But I'm not going to let us go without talking about one of my favorite things in the whole world. So the chosen. Um, oh, yeah. So for those of you who are watching for the first time, if I had to tell you one thing to do, Right now, the easiest thing to do, it's free. Go and watch the Chosen series. It's eight It's eight videos. It is absolutely a gift from God. It is a weapon, all right, in these dark times. I truly believe that it is a blessing and a gift from God and a weapon to bring light in these dark times. I don't think it's any mystery why it came out now and how it's been so well done. And I know you're a skeptic. Right, so I know you just started. Yeah, real cynic. I, you know, a lifetime of seeing uh, biblical characters or biblical history uh, rewritten, misrepresented, you know, I, I'm pretty cynical. But it is abundantly clear, watching it, that those involved in that production have the highest standards when it comes to their art, to acting and directing and casting, all of that, but not only that, more important than that is that they have clearly thought through and meditated. All right, the Bible calls us to meditate upon Scripture. Uh, Psalm 1, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He brings forth fruit in his season. His leaf also will not wither. Whatever he does will prosper. What does that mean to meditate? The old word in our English Bible is the translation of a Hebrew word. Eastern thought, you know, meditation for the, for the pagan uh, mystic is to empty, to try to think of nothing, empty your right. head. But biblical meditation, the Hebrew sense, means literally what we just did downstairs with steak. Right. Steak tips, your wife makes this for breakfast. As we chew on it, yeah, chew on it. I salivated just that. I had a swallow. When you chew and you're, you're, just, you're just taking everything you can out of it. And spending time 
literally chewing, like the cow chews the cud. The clean animal, biblically, according to God, he said, you got, you got two traits for the animals that, to the covenant people. He said, I want you to eat only those things that chew the cud and have a split hoof. Pretty simple. Turns out that creatures that chew the cud, like the cow or the sheep, they're, they're the clean animals, not give it a pro, prone to parasites. They, yeah. they eat plants, they process the plants for us, and they turn it into meat. There you go. Well, chewing as they do. That is what we're called to do with the Word of God, the revelation of God, to spend time thinking about it from every angle, and it is so... What you have experienced with watching that production is the benefit... Is, and this is what you experience with somebody who, who's doing a thorough biblical exposition, is they're laying out what they've gleaned from chewing. They're serving to you what they have chewed so that you can then chew on it. That it is abundantly clear that the producers and the writers have thoroughly thought through and really chewed, really meditated upon the revelation uh, in the Gospels and all of the ramifications. And, and, they're, and they're doing a brilliant job of filling in the blanks. The Scripture gives us the barest bones sort of narrative of exchanges, of events, and they have done a brilliant job of thinking of it from every angle, knowing the culture, knowing the law of God, knowing what the Scriptures say. So I, I do believe the person who uh, watches it is... Uh, benefiting themselves so uh, by meditating without a doubt and you know i just can't impart i mean i had to beg ken and challenge him on air to watch this show and now you're on four or five am i five or six i can't remember oh. what's the last thing you remember uh the wedding okay the wedding at Canaan. okay so um I have been sharing it on social media, and I actually went out and I bought the discs for anybody here who's local, who doesn't have any high-speed internet. And it came with this uh, 40 Days with Jesus uh, Bible study thing that's pretty cool that uses the scenes and talks about it. I'll, I'll show, share it with you. But we're going to be doing this the uh, first 40 days. We're going to be going through this Um you know, on the channel, on the Patreon, on the Patreon page. So I look forward to, you know, for those of you who don't buy this, I'm sure, you know, it'll be fine. But I just really want your experience. I thought it was really well done. And, um, you know, the other parts of this is we're going to start doing um, a Bible reading in the morning, um, a workout every day, Monday through five or six days a week, depending on the cycle. And then we're going to be doing uh, tactical combatives, two a week, right? So it'll be start off with some boxing, footwork. One will be a striking workout. One will be a footwork, agility workout. Um, and then we'll do one shooting drill a week. That That is just something that you need to do, whether it be dry. And most of it will be able to be do, done dry fire. So if you're in the city and you can't do it or whatever, or you just have an airsoft gun because, you know, you can – you know, you can't make it to a range. That's fine. Um, but, you know, that's the type of things that we're going to be doing here. So, again, a lot of stuff going on. We I can't wait to stand up the support groups and do small groups and uh, meet with you guys. We'll be doing all on Zoom, uh, which everyone is really familiar with now because of COVID-19. Everyone thought I was crazy when I had this idea two years ago. And everyone's like, no, you know, we'll want to meet. No, we'll do, no, we'll never do. I'm like, I'm telling you, man, because I pay for all this software for my other company, I might as well use it for God, mm -hmm. right? Why not? If I'm using it to, to do, I might as well use it for God. So uh, again, so those are the things we're going to be talking to. I hope, you know, I know that once the world slowly comes back, uh, Ken, you're going to be traveling on the weekend. So I want to offer you to do this on Mondays or whenever works for you as well. Make it work. You know, but I'm so thankful for your wisdom, your friendship, and leading me as my pastor. I mean, I can't tell you how much I treasure our relationship. And uh, I really look forward to all the good I think we're going to do. Amen. I'm Amen. with you. All right. So this is my first sign-off saying this. I hope I do it right. So thank you, everyone. You know, God bless you. God bless your family. God bless our first responders and our troops uh, overseas. Um, I hope, I, I pray that God gives our president and our leaders the wisdom to get us through these challenging times. So, Patriot Crusader Mission, out. For listening to Patriot Crusader Mission, where Christian warriors are forged. Sponsored by Patriot Crusader Mission Patreon page. 
Join us and become the Christian warrior you are called to be. Thank you for standing shoulder to shoulder with us in today's spiritual vanguard on Christian Warrior Talk, presented by Christian Warrior Mission. As we've united in prayer, let's hold fast to the truth in Nehemiah 4.14. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Until next time, let's keep a humble and grateful heart, deliberately pursue our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and equip ourselves with the full armor of God. You're not walking this path alone. Lock shields with us, and together we will hold the line. May God bless you all.